Well, hello and welcome to the Free Mind Podcast with Seth and Nerva Ready. Featuring bass, Steven. Yeah. <laughs> you call me out of I'm going to start coughing immediately. I know, man. <laughs> I'm no, coughing over about. here, too. Listen, if y'all are listening today, put your uh, mask on. We don't want you catching that corona <laughs> no, over no. the audio wave. The drink or the illness. It's that's not right. good. It's not good. <laughs> but uh, no, we're here. We're actually in person again. Yeah, you guys that's back right. From, uh, back together. From Cali. That's so right. We're here for a little bit. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show today. We we'll talk mm. about that. So, amongst other things, we got amongst a, other things. Yeah. We got one of our uh, famous lightning rounds. <laughs> slow mo. What is it? Time lapse? No, slow mo lightning rounds where we take a lightning bolt and we slow it down to That's about right. two hours per two hundred forty frames a second. That thing would be <laughs> where we race. Where we talk about one topic for an hour and then exactly. we race through five at the end. That's it. But before we jump into that, we want to thank our sponsor, our ongoing sponsor, Impact Three Sixty. Yeah, you know, I've been hearing actually a lot from parents of teenagers, uh, both in the church and maybe who don't go to church, and their their teenage kids are struggling with mm-hmm. their faith. You know, these are kids whose parents are Christians and might even go to church all the time, but they're struggling. And, you know, some of the questions they have are honestly easily answered with like Apologetics 101, you know, stuff that we've yeah. talked about on this podcast and stuff that Impact 360 addresses. And so, again, we want to point you when parents ask, like, what resources should we use? YouTube is a resource, but, you know, it's dangerous when you have those suggested videos and they could be led astray. But a source you can trust and we always recommend is that impact360.org because they have those online courses about truth, worldview, which is a great foundation for especially teenagers, high schoolers, and college-age students. So we encourage you to check out impact360.org, look up those online courses, and you can always use the promo code FREEMIND for $25 off. So we encourage you to check those out. Yeah, man. Man, got that, got that vocal fry. <laughs> <laughs> got that vocal fry today. I'm this trying to cough over here. Like well, listen, we've been fighting it off, man. Nerva caught it. You caught uh-huh. it way back in D.C. Mm-hmm. and then passed on like a light version of me. And I, mm-hmm. I thought I was in and out. I was like a right, day and a half right. I was back on it. And yeah. then it came, boom, got me with that second. <laughs> she caught me with that left hook. You do any of that vitamin C stuff or you say it's I've all? been doing everything, you man. Doing everything? Vitamin C, elderberry. Right. Blueberry, blackberry, <laughs> raspberry. Whenever somebody's sick, your mom gets that cauldron and she, she starts oh, turning it around. Listen, I even took some of that last night. Did you? Yeah, man. Y'all ain't sitting, y'all, they don't know about that super tonic, though. <laughs> oh, that stuff. You gotta go. You gotta go on the dark web to get that. <laughs> get that recipe. That's an algae. It's an algae but, uh, seaweed here, mix. Take this. But I am like I'm in that dry cough phase now. Oh, you know, yeah. yep. post post uh, sickness. So I'm I'm praying uh praying off your 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 demonic. Uh, no, no, I ain't going. No, 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 I'm getting over it. It's it's gonna be gone. It ain't the corona. We good. It ain't the corona, which is crazy, by the way. I, I, oh, if you keep it up with that, man, we. Seriously, I've been praying, um, even mm-hmm. at our church, we're praying for, you know, the Chinese church in general, but also specifically, man, yeah. from what I hear, it's actually way worse than we're even getting on media. There was really? a couple of articles that came out yeah. last week. One was I by Rod Dreher, and he was quoting a uh, a medical doctor who was married to someone uh, who was from China, or parents from China or something. They were right. given like the kind of behind the scenes that they were really? saying it's way worse. The communist government's kind of covering it up, but... Really? And... They were like saying, you know, because of the supplies made in China for our medical resources, they were just kind of planning this out. If if it gets over here, it's going to be really problematic. Really? So, you know, it's it's not to be a doomsdayer, but we really are praying um, for the people in China, of course, um, that this virus would be stopped and contained, and yeah. and also that it definitely wouldn't spread around the world. Which they the hard part about it from what I heard was it can lay, like the symptoms can be dormant for like 14 days mm-hmm. oh wow so that's like you don't even know you have it so you're going and you know going around and doing stuff and there was a flight they uh, landed in cali that they kept on an air force to mm. make sure it was coming in from china mm. and a baby on board had a fever and they quarantined for 14 days yeah. to make sure yikes there's also a cruise ship right now i think just going around the ocean like they won't uh, let yeah? it dock really? wow. i saw that this morning i just saw the headline i don't know the details but um Man. Wild stuff, man. You just pray and, for um, a cure. Just and, and apparently, yeah. they're saying it may be linked to, it may have been created SARS. by scientists in the lab, like they were experimenting with the SARS virus and stuff like that. Really? There's some talk that they were developing like this uh, weapon, oh. a biological weapon. With I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know how much of that is conspiratorial. But I have seen like legitimate headlines where the Chinese government or whatever is at least they're denying i think that they sent it out intentionally and i have saw seen that they're 
it, there may be some legitimacy to the claim that this was a man-made um, mutation uh, of the SARS virus. And I don't know why they're making it. It may not be like nefarious. It may, I, and it may not end up being the case, but I don't know. Just, just here say at this point, cause right. I haven't had a chance to look into it, but I'll break out my Shemitah rice and beans. There then. you go, bro. In that closet for years. Get that kit ready. That Y2K. I still got some beans from Y2K. <laughs> Listen Run to, to the, the hills. Um, cutting out all these coughs. The <laughs> exactly. Now they need to hear it, bro, because we're giving them authenticity. Oh, is, that, free <laughs> is that what that is? Okay. If we got a cough, y'all going to hear it. Oh, ah. Okay. So anyways, there's so many things to, to talk about yeah. from last week, man. Uh, if I'm sure people saw the, the Super Bowl thing kind of went viral. We actually, we were in uh, the Bay Area, California at the time, and that night we were working on getting our apartment furnished. So y'all pray for us on that. We hey. were receiving uh, <laughs> the stuff we had ordered. So we didn't actually make it to the first half of the Super Bowl thing that we had been invited to. Mm-hmm. We actually got there right after the halftime show. Show. I see. So I didn't even see it. So I just saw Nor all the stuff. Nor would I have let you see it. Right. Well, right. You know, I mean, you, you know what time it was because J-Lo and Shakira was doing a, a duet. So you could right. you could anticipate if you, you knew. You shall not watch. Exactly. Anything <laughs> about them. And we'll come back to that yeah, we'll uh, come back. Just in a minute. But, you know, I just saw the next day, like all these pictures and descriptions and mm-hmm. kind of people outraged at, at what had happened. And I thought it would be good for us to... I pulled up a number of articles here by like, you know, people we, we frequently refer to trustworthy resources, yeah. cultural commentators from a biblical perspective. And first one I got here is, um, it's an, it's an article, I believe it was in Charisma News. Yep. And it said, uh, Dr. James Dobson offers urgent warning to parents after hyper-sexualized Super Bowl halftime show. As an aside... I think I forgot to mention this, but when we went to that Trump thing in Miami, right. we were taking the shuttle over from the event to the after, like the dinner thing afterwards. And I kept, I kept seeing this guy. He was like waiting there with us. And I was like, man, that guy looks so familiar. So anyways, we got on the shuttle and I was sitting two rows behind nervous. So I texted her. I was like, ask, ask them who, you know, who they are. Cause I, I'm just curious. Yeah. Anyways, it turned out it was James Dobson and his wife. What? Yeah. yeah. So we were shuttling That's over crazy. there with him and, and she was super kind and they were, you know, they were just really kind. But I was like, oh man, I had never seen him in person, but I right. don't know why Me he either. looked familiar, maybe from pictures and stuff. But anyways, huh. he was there doing his thing, but. Maybe you should take this for us, babe, and read a little bit of it, if you don't mind. Do you have this first article yeah, pulled it. up, the James Dobson one? Dr. James Dobson offers urgent warning to parents after hypersexualized, hypersexualized Super Bowl halftime show. Many conservative Christians were outraged after the halftime show for the Super Bowl on Sunday, February 2nd. Dr. James Dobson released a statement in response to the sexually charged show, which featured performances by Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. Dr. Dobson offered to Christian parents his urgent warning. On Sunday, Fox Sports and the NFL offered a sexual smorgasbord, (laughs) and the halftime (laughs) show was the main course. Yikes. Okay. In the last two days, I've seen outrage from a few select commentators and Christians, but overwhelmingly, I've noticed the Super Bowl shoulder shrug. Responses range from the timid justification, it wasn't that bad, to the defiant proclamation, it's a celebration of Latino culture. Let me be clear, pole dancing, sex simulation, and crotch shots are not a celebration of Latino culture. They are a celebration of our hyper-sexualized culture. I regret the need to be so graphic, but we have collectively lost our minds. Objectifying women, whether they willingly participate or not, is wrong. Failing to oppose such an affront to women is equally blameworthy. Parents, are you content to allow your children to be swept into this abyss? How many of you sat open-eyed and closed-mouthed as your children partook of this sex-saturated show? How many of you are allowing your children to adopt an unhealthy and dishonoring view of women and sexuality? The Bible proclaims that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image, created for relationship with our creator. That message isn't coming from our society. Mm. Is it coming from you? We should demand better from the NFL, networks, sponsors, and entertainers. But may God help us if we don't first demand more from ourselves as parents and as citizens. We have the truth and we must stand for it. And we'll make some comments here in a minute, but I just want to kind of read through these articles. Yeah. So yeah, you got you, the listeners, you guys can all just hear kind of a range here. Um, I don't know if you want to take this next one, Stephen. Denise yeah. McAllister. 
Yes, this is from the stream. The Super Bowl halftime show didn't empower women. It debased them. Musical artists Jennifer Lopez and Shakira set out to model female power for young girls who shared their Super Bowl halftime stage. They did it by pole dancing, grinding, and booty shaking like strippers in a club. Many Americans weren't buying it. The 50 and 43-year-old singers promised a show that would focus on empowering women and girls. It fell far short as sex was on display rather than talent and true feminine power. Those who justify the show claim that women prove their strength by expressing their sexuality on their terms, which is what Shakira and Lopez were doing. But this is just sexual revolution propaganda that has proven to be false. It is a lie that freedom without a moral context is the ultimate good. And let me pause there because yeah. um, if, 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 if you haven't gotten a chance to listen back to, I think it was a series we did on R. Kelly. Yes. And we went into the sexual revolution. Oh now, you can think back to one of the primary ways that Satan works is through ideas and images. Right. And he can get an idea system set up. And he did that really through the, the claims of the sexual revolution that came through different people, Alfred Kinsey being one of them. But this idea that she's talking about that um, that freedom without a moral context is the ultimate good. In other words, you expressing yourself however you want to express yourself, you having the freedom to be you know sexually promiscu- promiscuous and do what you want is that's that's kind of a presupposition level good in our culture now since right. the '60s is, and we have to be careful as Christians if you're if you're hearing this and you have people in the church around you that you respect that were like, man, I love this halftime show and all that stuff. We're not telling. We're not trying to get you to think badly of those people. You might be one of those people, but what we're trying to all do is take our own lenses and 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 ask: Are these this worldview, this map, this GPS, or these glasses I'm wearing? Do they line up with the biblical teaching? Right. Because we all adopt naturally. We're we're brought up in this cultural context, and it's been highly influenced by the sexual revolution. So we might be thinking the same thing that the culture's thinking, right. and we just need to ask: Is that cultural thinking in line with biblical thinking? And maybe before we get too far into these two, I know a lot of people are going to make the Adam Levine comparison. And that was one yeah. of the things going on, on social media is why are we saying so much about this halftime show and not last year's, which was Adam Levine. There were no women, I think, in that halftime show. It was just him. And yeah. he took off his shirt and, yeah. he, and he danced around. And I would say this hypersexualization applies to that one too. And probably yeah. most good. halftime shows at some point in the past like yeah. fell into this. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether it's a guy or a girl doing these things. It's just a hypersexualization and again, like sexual revolution outworking. Right. And it's so. and it's sort of like the frog boiled in the water, you know. It's like over yeah. time and we'll go into kind of the history of Super Bowl halftime a little bit in the Brown article. We should warn ourselves as Christians, you know, have we bought, like, if you walked away from that halftime show feeling like, oh, man, that was empowering for women or that they represented Latinos or they did their thing, I would humbly suggest to you, not that you're awful, not trying to beat up on you, but I would humbly suggest to you to, to be more critical about the worldview that you've adopted and to test it against God's view of sexuality and power and goodness and morality. Because if you have, that's, that's probably a sign that you've adopted this mentality of our culture that runs exactly against Scripture. Making yourself an object isn't empowering. The article continues, Many have praised the show for its strong Latin feel, but it's not the music or dancing that's an issue. It's the sexualization of women in an already overly sexualized society, and then calling that power. It is harmful as girls are put on display alongside sexualized adult women who are setting themselves up as role models. And that's uh, and real real quick yeah. there because you watched like I said we didn't yeah, watch it but never went back and we, I would normally watch something too for the podcast just to be informed yeah. but given the nature of this yeah, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. we just had Nerva we had Nerva watch it for us um, but you said there was parts w- what was going on there you know a lot like like it says over sexualized dancing I mean just you know J Lo she appears and makes an interest on a pole and then just the dancing but Shakira she performed first and you know it, it was just it was hypersexualized for sure there were moments where there was some fun dancing and fun production but it was laced with a lot of dancing that I said yikes you have women and children husband and wives watching this and, and they brought them on stage too right yeah there were some, some young children. girls at one point Jayla brought her daughter out to sing a little part in the show and I was like yikes you've got young girls 
watching this, being a part of this and just kind of celebrating this and being kind of trained up to take the reins, the next generation. So it was really, I honestly teared up. I, I, it made me cry. I was so saddened and there's nothing new. We know the halftime show is, it is what it is. And yeah. it, what's happening now is you can tell the next year's artists, they want to outdo the previous. It, yeah. it gets worse and worse and more debaucherous, but it's, um, it's the world. The it's tendency the is not toward righteousness. Oh, for sure. not towards <laughs> righteousness. No, modesty is out the window. There's no thought of it, and it's just really, really bad. So okay, yeah, but I so, was brokenhearted. Go yeah, ahead. man, go ahead. The article continues in a report on sexualizing girls. The American Psychological Association Task Force found that adults often turn girls into sex objects. "Quote: Adult models are sexually objectified, and the distinction between adults and children is blurred." End quote. This results in sexualizing girlhood. Musical performances and videos by artists such as Shakira and Lopez are among some of the worst offenders. Up to eighty-one percent contain sexual imagery. Women, more frequently than men, are shown in revealing clothing. According to the task force, sexing it up has many negative effects. This includes how the brain functions and a person's overall health. It can also lead to sexual abuse and violence. One study found that, quote, for girls as young as 12 and 13 years of age, viewing oneself primarily from the perspective of an observer and emphasizing features like attractiveness and sex appeal with respect to one's body were related to higher levels of anxiety about appearance and feelings of shame, end quote. Yeah, and I want to jump ahead just a little bit down here in the article because it also talks about um, the effect on boys. Yeah. It says, girls aren't the only ones impacted by a sex-crazed culture. It mm. affects how boys see women. Mm. They look at women as sexual objects rather than as complete persons. Their sexual relationships aren't working and are unsatisfactory. Some even resort to violence against women as sexual power separated from knowledge and respect of the person. Yet, quote unquote, sexual expression is something modern feminists encourage. I'm just going to pause on that for a second because I was watching, we were watching an interesting speech by Douglas Wilson yesterday where he went yeah. to a college university and he spoke on what he called the virtue of sexism. And he was wow. talking about biblical sexism and how it was actually a virtue of, of the complementary roles and how God created it. And they were going nuts in the crowd, man, while he's speaking. It's, it's perfect. It's nuts awesome. in a bad way. Just yeah, yeah. Like yeah, they were not fans. Um, but he said, you know, he, he was trying to get them to see by which standard are you judging morality? If you don't have God, mm-hmm. you don't have good. a standard. And um, you don't have an objective standard. And he said, oddly enough, 20 years ago, feminists would have agreed with him that the halftime show was awful. But modern feminists now are in, it's almost like they've thrown away the desire to be coherent. And so now they're holding, and they're going to point this out in the articles we're about to read, but they're holding two views now that are directly um, opposed to each other. So they view this objectification of women as empowering, and then they hate the sex slave trade and the way that the Me Too movement, you know, is an expression of of we hate, you know, men that that view women as objects and take advantage of them on those. So the modern, the third way, I think it's third wave feminism, but the modern feminist finds themselves in this incoherent case where they're simultaneously praising the very thing that leads to the very thing they hate. Right. And... I think it was Dallas Willard that used to say, you know, people will talk about how much they hate war and they won't make, take any steps to getting rid of the things that inevitably lead to war. Huh. Oh, that's good. You know, in this case, it's, it's the same, it's the same kind of foolishness that, that sin darkens the mind where these, wow. the, the, the feminist will look at this and say, man, that's empowering. And then, you know, it, they'll cheer the commercial that the Super Bowl runs that's against the sex slave trade. Right. It should be obvious to anyone that's sane and rational, but they, like I said, they've departed, their minds have departed from reality. So, but they continue here. And the, again, this is a, the, a female writer. She's actually a Christian thinker and apologist. Um, she said, they claim it frees women from being used by others. But, but as I write in my book, quote, what men want to say to women, but can't unquote in their quest to be free from objectification by men, women now objectify themselves. And by doing so, guess what? Men still objectify women. No matter how much a woman thinks otherwise, when she objectifies herself, her narrative about autonomy gets away from her. She's exercising her freedom to act, but is still perceived as an object. And this is uh, the final section. She says, sexuality's purpose isn't power. 
The power feminism celebrates is a lie. And I want to uh, listen to that. The power that feminism celebrates is a lie because it has separated freedom from purpose and liberty from morality. The purpose of sex and intimate sexuality is not to exercise control over others, but to express love within marriage. Sexual expression should be experienced in a relationship with a mature man who sees a woman as a subject, not an object. He sees her as an end and not a means to his selfish ends. In that context, he knows her mind, her spirit, and her feelings. He doesn't just look at her body as something to be used. He sees her soul and her full personhood. Through that knowledge, she is elevated and truly empowered because spiritual connection with another is the result. This is the ultimate good. It was certainly right to free women from legal barriers to their sexual expression. But as I wrote in my book, quote, it has never been good to free women from moral accountability of those same sexual expressions, unquote. Sadly, quote, feminists today want to be released from any sort of principled compass that imposes moral judgments on their sexual liberty, unquote. This freedom however, has left them enslaved to perceptions and dehumanized. It has created harm instead of promoting health. It has weakened women instead of empowering them. It has reduced them to animals instead of lifting them up as noble creatures made in the image of God. So good. As I was watching, I was just thinking of the mindset of of the two performers. Like, you know, they're claiming this is what beauty is. This is what power is. This is the mm. good life. This is it right here. We're on yeah. this stage. And as they're performing, there's just groups of dancers down, just giving this um, imagery of an orgy, a good time. This is the life. Mm. But they've exchanged the truth for the lie that sexuality and just all that freedom, like you said, without morality is beauty. Mm. But I think what they really long for is to truly be loved and adored but they're going about it in the wrong way. Yeah. You know, and they're telling women, this is, this is the aim right here. This is the standard. And you've got all these other young girls, but I think it was Charles Stanley that said, the more godly you are, the more beautiful you are. And the longer Mm. your beauty lasts. Mm. That's true. The more godly you are, the more beautiful you are, the longer your beauty lasts. And you know, they're teaching men and, and young guys, they don't even know the difference anymore. Just sensuality. They're being confused into what true beauty is, yeah. you know, and they're reteaching. Right. It's just a downward spiral and cycle. It is. And I think social media is exacerbating all this Come too. On. Like I was talking to somebody else recently and just the amount of, <laughs> actually I found this Instagram account called uh, something about influencers in the wild. Mm. And it's this guy <laughs> that takes pictures of, influencers taking pictures of themselves <laughs> i mean it's pretty hilarious but it's okay. just that that like you were saying that need the yeah. the desire to be loved mm-hmm. and how the culture is giving this lie that if you are loved by enough people or if, mm-hmm. if the number of people who like you is astronomical then yeah. you will feel valued and like that article was saying it's really just one person really loving you to the soul Come level on. and knowing you intimately that creates that fulfillment yeah. and, and meets that desire. And so I think the Super Bowl halftime show, along with social media and everything that you see just promoted kind of in that social sphere, yeah, man. It, it's all contributing to this like degradation of in our minds yeah. of what is valuable yeah. and what is beautiful and what, what we should be striving yeah. for. Yeah. It's, it shapes our worldview and it's, and it's right. constant. Like you're saying, it's not, right. this isn't, you know, this actually doesn't stick out. We'll talk about that last. This right. doesn't yeah. stick out as an aberration from the norm. It's Ooh. just part and parcel gotcha. of the norm. Gotcha. But, um, I think what you said is good too, but, and, and that's ultimately when, when you say that it reminds me of what we saw even in the garden, right? You know, God creates good desire and then the enemy comes in. All he's got to do is plant that seed of doubt of God's goodness. And you have this desire, fulfill it in the wrong way. That's it. You know, come like, look at this. Isn't this beautiful? Isn't this wonderful? Just take it out. Oh, I won't hurt you. You know, this is the way to be wise. He's trying to keep you from that, from that freedom, from that, you know, that good thing that you want. And that's where, uh, old brother Kanye hit him with that second verse. And he said, uh, we got everything we need. We hey, hey, hey. <laughs> he said, put that apple back on the tree. Yeah. <laughs> hey. That's, a, um, that's, a, that's yeah, right. That's but, that's you know. It, yeah. 
And then just reminding, you know, young women out there that the body is sacred. It's not to yeah. be just displayed to any and everybody. It's to be holy and it's to be saved until the right soulmate comes along under covenant. But um, like you said, exchanging the good and fulfilling that desire in yeah. an evil way and teaching yeah, others and, to do and, the And, you same. know, for the guys out there too, yeah. man, like I think don't let the cultural norm put you to sleep with regard to being rigorous about your sexual health because I like I just I had to learn over time how to really be strict with my diet of what I take in what I see and Nerva helps me with that like you you have certain off limits in the house right Shakira J-Lo and Beyonce are (laughs) I'm just kidding no I'm not kidding go ahead (laughs) no she ain't kidding yeah yeah we help each other you know yeah yeah because because the way the you know that they're one of the things we don't like in our culture is the idea that God um, has designs. We often like to think we're blank sheets mm. as human beings, and huh. but God actually designed and wired males in general to be um, turned on with their eyes, particularly for their wives. And because the world knows that and they can market to that, they build their marketing on the basis of lust. That's Ooh. why this stuff, this all wow. this stuff connects to reasons. They don't do it just because. Yeah. They they like it. I mean, they do it because it sells, sex sells, right. the old adage. So we we kid ourselves when we say we can watch this stuff and it doesn't impact us at all, wow. especially in general. I mean, are there occasionally exceptions to the rules, like certain guys that don't get turned on by that? Sure. Mm-hmm. Are there yeah. certain girls that are completely yeah. eye-driven? Sure. But generalities sure. still hold true right. that men are wired to to be turned on with their eyes. And the more you put in front of your eyes the more you need then to continue to to kind of titillate yourself but what it does is it it can even um you were just saying this steven it forms your worldview without you even knowing at a subconscious level it gives you a view toward women and it also kind of gives you this hum in the background of desire for sexual um connection with women that aren't your wife It's just it's just unwise and and dangerous. Of course, you know there's going to be some level of you have to know thyself. You know, right? Um, But I I I would encourage you to stay away from that line as much as you can. Like uh, Dallas used to say, temptation is like a like a uh, conveyor belt toward a buzzsaw. And he said, you want to step off that conveyor belt as soon as possible. Like, wow. why stay on as long as you can toward that buzzsaw to where you're overcome with emotion where you almost can't get off? Right. That's it. And as you're getting off the conveyor belt, continue to develop a biblical worldview yep. on identity, yep. relationships, yeah. and real real connections and intimacy because, you know, it's not enough to stop doing one thing. Exactly. You fill your mind with the truth of God's word. Yep who your brothers and sisters are in Christ and how do we are, how we are to behave in a way that honors God, yeah. you know, cause I find it interesting that, um, these women who, um, who might dress that way or dance that way or act a certain way. If their very husbands are lured away by other women to do the same thing, right. then what are we doing here? We're all just putting it, making a world where we, we are all dishonored and it's just desecration everywhere wow. and there's no healing, there's no wholeness. It doesn't bring health. Yeah. And so honoring yourself, honoring your body, honoring others, honoring your brothers and sisters in Christ is the healthy way to yeah. go right. by how you dress, how you, you know, I remember reading in a book, he said, um, I think this was Alan Bloom in the closing of the American mind. He said, for women and men to work together in a healthy in 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 a healthy environment, one of the things that help is when women are modest. Because mm. when you think about it, if you're in an environment, say even somewhere public on the train, and a, someone walks up just really scantily clad, it's awkward. Yeah, and then the room yeah. is awkward, and everyone knows it. But what's happening is we're trying to make the awkward the norm. We're reversing what's you know what I mean, right. and so getting on the biblical train, developing a Christian worldview in that it is helpful. It's not enough to just not look at movies because you're following the sway of culture. If you're not in that word, if you're not studying and really developing Mm -hmm. that mind of what does God say about this? I I still remember in the Sunday school classes in elementary school. What's that, bro? Right? (laughs) I never heard of that. Two things I still remember. There was that song we used to sing, Be Careful Little Eyes What You See. Be Careful Little Ears What You Hear. You remember that song? I do remember that song, brother. Yeah, that just We don't don't sing the song like that no more, brother Robles. But uh, (laughs) 
Man, one of my Sunday school teachers from elementary school, I still remember this illustration, but he, he basically said the mind is a filing cabinet. And every mm. time you watch something okay. or hear something, it just gets filed away. And it's something the enemy can use later to tempt you or just something that you'll then have to get through in a future relationship or even in your marriage. Yeah, and so the more you see and hear, like it just gets filed away and not just for sexualization, but even things like for fear, yeah. you know, that I used Come to watch sure. horror movies uh, and I thought it was all just fun and games. <laughs> and then when I realized like I was experiencing worry and fear, it's like, well, if I'm putting all this into my mind, like yeah. it's going to come out one way or another. Yeah, man. And you might not be afraid of like something, you know, coming out of your closet at night. Are you feeling anxious? Like, do you worry about everything? Like, are you struggling with fear in other areas of your life? Because it's connected. Yeah. And if you allow fear over here, it might come this way over on the left, even when you're not expecting it. So that's just be careful, you know, what you allow into your, your eyes and ears. We need, we need to uh, open up with that song bring, next bring time. Back. <laughs> hey. And know that, you know, to take this stance is against the flow of culture. It, you right. won't be popular. You won't have tons of followers. You won't get eyes by everybody. But you know what? You'll, you'll be right with the Lord and you'll honor God and you'll ultimately be living in liberty and true freedom in the end so yeah. just remember the cost to follow crisis it's it's a yeah. high cost it is and and i like what you said too you know th- there was another old song brother Robles, hey, all and, right. uh, i think it was old uh bill gaither actually hey, right. for a kid's song it said input output what goes in is what comes out Ooh. all right that's so right. input output like yeah it's that. like it, if you put it like you said it's not yeah. a matter of just not inputting anything it's what are you inputting you want to input right. the right stuff and right. that's part of spiritual formation and it's kind of common sense, but I especially was driven home. We we did that with Sub 30 for a while. We talked about, you know, we read the Dallas yeah. Willard stuff. We read the John Ortberg and J.P. Moreland, and they really talked about the soul. They understood Ooh. biblical psychology, like the study of the soul, um, and how the parts of the self work together to produce action. Mm. And many people just try, they only try to apply willpower at the level of action, but they don't apply it to their beliefs and their feelings. They don't apply the spiritual disciplines in the day in and day out that produces the kind of person that wow. easily acts in well, certain directions. And that's why good. I promise you, I, you know, I'm like, I'm like the next guy. We've, we guys yeah. in this hyper-sexualized culture, you have these phone devices in your pocket where everything in the whole world is available to you right, right to look at. And it's, it's calling to you. It pops up on your notifications, sometimes even unwanted. Um, we're, we have to fight that battle of being sexually pure, but I do notice I, I have been walking in victory, man. The, and mm-hmm. it's just, if I, if I do that, if I, if I'm careful with what I take in and I, and I continue to be careful to put the right stuff in, I keep my mind on things That's above so where Christ says, see the right hand of God. You know, you put your thoughts on those things, you put your heart on those things. So and when you do it, it just gets easier right. to consistently walk that out. And that's why I, you know, I just don't watch stuff like that anymore. And even more than a, of a matter of legalism, like I don't watch that. Therefore I'm righteous. Not, that's not what I'm saying. I don't watch that. Therefore it helps me not to struggle as bad oh, to good. do the right thing in the spot when I need to do the right thing. Right. That is true freedom. Yeah, man, that is true freedom. The power to do the right thing as needed. Is, exactly. Is, leads to freedom. And that, yeah. And that's, that runs directly against the lie of the sexual revolution, which mm, is right. complete, freedom to do what you want in the absence of what's right, which actually leads you into what the Bible called slave Ooh. slavery to sin because, and we've seen that we see that every day that celebrity checks themselves into rehab, oh, you know, yeah. right? Yeah. It's because they bought into that lie and then they, yeah. the, the, they run into reality when they're wrong, check themselves in, they come out. Yeah. Sometimes they buy into the lie again, check themselves in. It's a vicious cycle, yeah. but yeah, man. Well, we got another article here on it. I think just for fun, I like to read. <laughs> I always like to bring Brother Bomberger into the mix. Um, yeah, because he doesn't he doesn't mince words. Nay. No, he never. No, the top of his article is a is a picture <laughs> from the show. He just has a word wrong <laughs> in front of Shakir. Or I don't even know what that is. I love that brother, man. <laughs> He's you know, adore you, Radiance Foundation. Yeah, man. I just, I, I really appreciate courageous people who are wise. They have sense and they ain't afraid. So, right. I don't know if you want to um, read this one, Brother Robles. Yeah, let's do it. Start it's, it for us. It's called the NFL Fake Feminism and that Super Bowl Striptease. <laughs> <laughs> Old Brother Bob Berger. <laughs> he says, 
Love it. The NFL clearly has multiple personality disorder. They're constantly fumbling the opportunity to put forward a consistent message. I like that. He's already going with these puns. This is hilarious. He doesn't even do it. So many millions of dollars are wasted on incoherent and contradictory advocacy, but it's just pocket change for a multi-billion dollar organization. While Olay featured fully clothed female astronauts in an ad who were reaching for the stars, the NFL paid for Shakira and J-Lo to gyrate and simulate a strip tease on the halftime stage floor. The NFL is touting its official foray into social justice with its new Inspire Change initiative, but their version of social justice seems to inspire confusion. And what was more confusing than the insanely mixed message of an NFL that poured money into an anti-sex trafficking ad campaign in Miami while hosting a halftime show that resembled a strip club. Super Bowl 54's halftime show sadly proved this. Judging by all of the praise... Nice reading of those Roman numerals, by yeah, the way. Right. I was like, yeah, that Did is you prepare 54. that? <laughs> I was, like, that I was talking to Brother Nate about Roman numerals. I said, they needed to stop this at 50. <laughs> they did Super Bowl 50 with numerals. Like, just keep it going. <laughs> By Disney, there was a bunch of memes because it's like live, L-I-V. Oh, yeah. And they had like live Tyler memes with Super Bowl. <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. I was impressed with that. I thought that yeah, might make man. you stumble, bro. No, no, I do. Right through it. I do. I got those Roman numerals. <laughs> Judging by all of the praise from mainstream media and from unexpected places slash people online, cultural identification is apparently more important than character formation. Uh-oh. The Latino culture was not celebrated during the Pepsi halftime show. It was exploited. Sorry, J-Lo. Flashing and grabbing your crotch is an empowerment no matter the culture. Now, this is another important point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some, of the, some of the even Christian response was if, if you were to criticize the halftime show. Yeah. And again, th- this is where critical theory <clears throat> plays a role in the larger cultural context, whether you've ever heard of it or not, I'd refer you back to episodes we interviewed uh, with Neil Shinby talking about critical theory. But basically, that this is one of the most influential worldviews. It's rooted in postmodernism, but it's expressed in terms of, it sets up binaries along the categories of sex, religion, race, uh, gender, all these things. So in other words, binaries, you got two options. You got the oppressor and the oppressed. Right. And typically though, it's in terms of group identity. So you'll have the white male, Christian, heterosexual, cisgendered um, right. is the canonical oppressor in any of those categories. So if you have two people involved, let's say one is a white male, one is a black male, the black male by definition will be in the oppressed category. The white male will be the oppressor Mm -hmm. in a given dialogue. Um, And so that happens culturally. Latino culture is thought to be a minority culture in America. So um, alongside black culture or uh, Islamic religion, Christianity is thought to be the dominant oppressor religion. And again, I refer you back to those because I'm kind of speeding through it here. But runs through our culture, even if you're not aware of it, you you might be tempted to adopt that viewpoint so that if, for instance, there's an old white dude on Christian television critiquing this, you will you might think, oh man, he hates Latinos and he's just right. coming for Latin culture because that's Latin culture. And because it's Latin culture, it's good and therefore you can't criticize it, especially if you're a white male, old white male. Right. This often gets uh, tossed around. Unfortunately, it's that's biblically just not the case. So the the kingdom principles critique every culture, whether you're the quote unquote oppressor dominant culture or the quote unquote oppressed victim culture in a given scenario. Um, it will equally critique the Egyptians and the Israelites who are enslaved by the Egyptians. Right. And it doesn't matter whether it's part and parcel of that culture or not. So, for instance, at one time it was part of the white culture to enslave Africans. Whether or not you thought that was a great culture, God would still critique that aspect of their culture and call Mm -hmm. them to repentance and did. Um, You might even have, though, in that culture, let's say you had a uh, culture that was being oppressed, um, say the Jews and Hitler's Germany, um, if they became a culture, for instance, that just hypothetically was doing something against God's word. Like um, the men in that culture decided it was okay to beat their wives um, if they didn't cook what they liked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm just using sure. a hypothetical. God would still critique that even yeah. though they were being oppressed by Germany. Right. So in other words, you can't, um, you can't buy into this idea of critical theory that if you're part of this um, 
victim culture in a given um, group that therefore they cannot be critiqued because God's word, like I said, comes through and hits us all, hits every culture. The standard is his ways. It's not the majority or the minority culture. So even if it were part and parcel of say, let's say you had a culture here, let's say the Latin culture, for instance, in America thought it was okay for dads to molest their daughters just because they're a minority culture. They don't this hypothetical, but just because they're a minority culture, I think most people would still say, no, that's wrong. And the, the idea that's lurking behind it is what's sometimes called cultural relativism. And it's combined with this idea of critical theory that, that especially in cases where the culture is a minority, they, they can't be critiqued. Um, but in general, the, the idea of cultural relativism says you can't critique another culture um, mm-hmm. because ultimately there are no objective standards. So that's, that's, it runs directly against the Bible. So I want to just challenge my brothers and sisters that might be Christians today that, that are thinking, man, because, no, they're representing Latinos, therefore you can't um, critique that. No, the, the, again, the standard is, are they hypersexualizing themselves and representing that as though it's okay when God said it's, it's not okay. That's what matters. Not whether or not it's connected to a a given demographic or a cultural group. Wow. And, um, should be simple Christian understanding, but so far we've gone so far from that. Hence the celebration of that performance, even from our Christian. Right. And that's what, and I think it blinds some people because they see it like, like, so there's two binaries here. There's men and women. Gotcha. That's and and of course in that, in that binary, who's the oppressor, the men Mm -hmm. and the oppressed is the women. So on the, from the feminist side, they're saying, wow, this is empowering of women. They're doing their sexual thing. That's, that's kind of got that critical theory presupposition. Then there's a secondary binary going on. It's white culture versus Latino culture in America. Latino culture, they're representing, you're doing the Latin thing and they're killing it. And with no recognition that you can, you could, you could even say, man, wow, they're in really good shape or they dance well, but you also have to say what they're promoting is sinful. You have to say both of those things. And that just because, again, just because it might represent the Latino flavor doesn't give it a pass any more than representing the white flavor would give the KKK a pass. You know, it's it's God's standards. That's good. So, you know, that, that's just anytime you're tempted to do that, we need to think about the biblical standard and hold groups, no matter what they are, um, to that standard. Ooh. Um, the good and bad. But yeah, sorry, continue on from there, Brother Robles. As a father of two girls and two boys, I want them to understand that their God-given equality, dignity, and worth should be used to evoke love, not illicit lust. I understand this is my Christian worldview, and I can't expect the world to share it, but fellow Christians should. I love my two daughters too much to let them ever be objectified or think that being paid millions makes self-objectification ever okay. They're equal without having their sexuality exploited. Our culture simultaneously denounces sex trafficking, which is rampant in Miami, while celebrating a pornographic show to the world. Florida has been ranked number three in the nation for human trafficking, which led the Miami Super Bowl host committee to launch the Stop Sex Trafficking ad campaign throughout the city. An undisclosed amount of funding came from the NFL. But don't worry. That message was clearly offset by the throngs of nearly <laughs> wow. naked women and mostly to fully clothed men simulating a free-for-all orgy in the middle of the Super Bowl. It's just patriarchal entertainment, right? Mm. The kids in the wide-open cages were hustled. The chain-link fence holding areas were courtesy of the Obama administration, by the way. So, yeah, yeah so that's that. a okay. part of the thing. You know, that was their little political statement. They had right. the kids. I, I just saw the picture of it. They had kids in these cages throughout the field. Wow. And it was meant to, again, kind of the left-wing attack on the current administration saying this is what they're doing to kids at the border. Wow. Um, now, some people didn't realize that, and they, were, they thought it was some kind of sexual thing, and, and so there was a fight going back and forth online. But it was, it was a reference to that. What Bomberger's saying, though, is those cages and those pictures were actually made by the Obama administration. And oddly enough, one of the main pictures 
that was going around during that time when it blew up was pictures during the Obama administration of the border. So just another one of those fake news things, but there were, but not to say that there weren't some problems at the border recently with the, the resources and all that kind of stuff that was going on when all the people came, there were some issues involved, but I thought it was ironic that they had these kids in the cages. They meant it to be a political statement about look at the evil that this, but actually I think, in a deeper symbolic way, what they were promoting on that stage is enslaving the youth of the nation. And so what they meant in one way, I think in a deeper sense was exactly um, an indictment of their own promotion that is part of this whole sexual problem going on in our nation that he's mentioning here and especially in Florida, which is unfortunate. And they, Mm -hmm. you know, he goes on to say the viewing audience was hustled. Are we supposed to believe this is the pinnacle of female empowerment, getting paid to do what men pay billions a year mm-hmm. to see inside thousands of seedy and posh strip clubs from coast to coast? Instead of the mythical cages, perhaps JLo could have made a political statement about the real sex trafficking that happens at our borders that exploits thousands of children and women to satisfy the appetite of predators. But that would be too empowering because truth does that. Clearly, the halftime show wasn't about principles, just leftist politics. Funny how in this Me Too era, entertainers seem to vie to be as naked and as sexual as possible, not on a director's couch, but in front of over 100 million sets of eyes. J-Lo, Shakira, Pepsi, and the NFL let down a generation of girls and boys who deserve so much better than the fake feminism on full display Sunday night. Yeah, like I say, he doesn't mince words. And I think we are going to do that slow lightning, bro. We're just going <laughs> to we're just going to cover, cover this one topic and do That's another it. podcast for the other one. Yeah. But I think, you know, I wanted to end with this Michael Brown one because he asked the question, why are we so shocked well, by the latest sure. sexually charged halftime show? Right. And he's not saying we shouldn't be up in arms about it. He's just saying we should have seen this coming. And he right. recounts like the history, basically. So I'm just going to dive in and read a little bit of this here. But he said... Have we forgotten that almost every NFL team has cheerleaders, women dressed in the scantiest outfits, gyrating and shaking to the delight of the fans, especially the male fans? This is a regular, expected part of the game. The halftime shows just take things to another level. As for halftime shows themselves, while it has been my family's habit for many years to skip that part of the game, to my knowledge, these shows are often anything but family-friendly. The infamous wardrobe function, malfunction, featuring Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake in 2004 may not have been an accident after all. And he links to another article there. Either way, that was hardly a family-friendly performance. I do remember that one. It was awkward too, uh, yeah. with the family. <laughs> uh, what about past performances by Beyonce or Madonna? Did they sing old American classics while dressed in wholesome outfits? Um, that Beyonce <laughs> one was really wild. I don't know if you remember that one. That's where yeah. she was like... She stopped and she was like, reach your hand out into the TV screen. It reminded really? me of those old televangelists. Really? <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> said, uh, think, yeah, man, it was really wild. I, I wouldn't wow. you know, recommend pulling it up, but it was like kind of like a, I don't know. It, it gave credence to those Illuminati theories, I'll just oh, say. Oh. Um, That's another episode. Right. <laughs> so, uh, moms, are these the kind of shows you want your husbands and sons to watch or your daughters to emulate? Speaking of mothers, both Jen, J-Lo and Shakira... The feature performers at the last Super Bowl are moms themselves, probably very devoted moms, and J-Lo even brought her 11-year-old daughter on stage to perform with her. But that makes the performance all the more outrageous. A 50-year-old mother in the presence of her daughter performing on a stripper's pole? With good reason, Reverend Franklin Graham said, I don't expect the world to act like the church, but our country has had a sense of moral decency on primetime television in order to protect children. We see that disappearing before our eyes. Mm -hmm. It was demonstrated tonight in the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show with millions of children watching. The exhibition was Pepsi showing young girls that sexually that sexual exploitation of women is okay. With the exploitation of women on the rise worldwide, worldwide, instead of lowering the standard, we as a society should be raising it. Unquote. A concerned mother expressed it like this: "The FCC still has rules about decency." on network television between certain hours when children are watching. It is well established that children are watching during the Super Bowl. I had to send mine out of the room as soon as Jennifer Lopez took took the stage in what looked like a two-sided thong and buttless chaps. The camera work was outrageously gross, zooming in on Lopez's barely covered crotch, so close that the viewer could see... 
uses some language there. I'll yeah. let you read that on your own. Uh, if that thing wasn't <laughs> more language. Man, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I totally agree with these sentiments and I applaud those who have spoken out. But I ask again, why the shock? Was this Super Bowl performance that much worse than past performances? And did we expect J-Lo and Shakira to sing opera? (laughs) The first three Super Bowl... Now, this is interesting. That This is probably why I wanted to read this. But he said the first three Super Bowl halftime shows... Years 67 through 69 featured top marching bands from different wow. countries. That's amazing. I'd be watching that halftime The next show added in performances by uh, Mar- Marguerite Piazza, Piazza, Doc, I don't even know who these Doc people Severson. are. Doc Severson, he's a trumpet player. Oh, there you go. You, and, and just so you know, uh, Stephen is a, f- a trumpet player That's as well. Right. So That's right. Hence the knowledge here. Uh, Al Hurt, who's that? You know I don't know. I just knew one. Lionel Hampton. Nope. Carol Channing. Uh, come to think of it, Piazza was an opera singer. Okay. As for Carol Channing, she certainly wasn't sexually gyrating on stage. By 1974, along with the marching band, there was a performance by Judy Mallett, Miss Texas, 1973, but playing a fiddle. <laughs> In 1981, wow. a marching band was still featured, this time with big band singer Helen O'Connell. Fast forward to 87, and along with the marching band were funny men, George Burns and Mickey Rooney. Mm. I could do with a comedy halftime yeah, show. That'd right? be hilarious. That would be cool. Uh, 88 was a bit more edgy, this time adding in the Rockettes, but I can assure you none of them were doing pole dances even in 92 there was still a featured marching band and some of the songs performed by guests included walking in a winter wonderland Hmm. 93 however featured michael jackson and quickly the trend was changing one of the featured performance performers in 2001 was britney spears 2004 also featured jessica simpson together with the dallas cowboy cheerleaders uh, 2011 had the black eyed peas not exactly known for family-friendly performances in 2012 it was Madonna and Nicki Minaj. Hmm. 2013, Beyonce and Destiny's Child. Beyonce was back in 2016. 2015, Katy Perry saying I Kissed a Girl and Lady Gaga's 2017 performance was celebrated as a major moment in LGBT activism. But this is just the Super Bowl. What about the music videos that young children have been watching for decades? I doubt that anything that J-Lo and Shakira did during the Super Bowl is any worse than the normal fare many young Americans have grown up with. No big deal. There have been scandalous, sexually explicit, virtually nude videos airing 24-7 for many years now. And to repeat, many American children, even younger than preteens, have cut their teeth on this trash. How many crotch-grabbing scenes have they witnessed over the years? Why, then, are we surprised to see a glimpse of it during the Super Bowl? Our Our culture celebrates prostitution, glorifies strippers, idolizes porn stars. Just think of the cable TV shows featuring these subjects and in a positive light at that. What what happened during Super Bowl 54 was just the latest manifestation of the moral downgrading of our society. Wow. When will we wake up? And that's what I want to say. The, the fact that people don't recognize it means we need to do more work like this. Yeah. Um, but um, it also shouldn't be a complete shock, like because sure. the trend has been downward. We are in a bit of, I would say, a, a, a moral free fall in our culture right wow. now. But I feel like it's the fruit of what started ideologically in the 60s with mm-hmm. the sexual revolution, and it's now flowering like full flower. Um, and if you're not aware of it, it, it's a sign that we need to wake up. Wow. Uh, and, and again, it, this is funny too. You know, you're always, you know, I've just come to expect, no matter what, like if there's, a, if there's an outcry these days in our culture from the church about anything, inevitably there's coming the don't judge articles, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Because that pretty much is the only moral um, imperative left in our culture is <laughs> don't, is you ought not tell people what they ought not do. <laughs> right. And so, you know, you just know those are coming. The, the, and so I saw the ones like, why is the church judging J-Lo? And, you know, wow. of course, for the most part, the thoughtful conservatives weren't even talking so much about them personally as the, as the Super Bowl itself platforming this and right. making this a thing. They knew who J-Lo were, who should care, what they always do. So it wasn't, in the most cases, it wasn't a, uh, particular bombs being thrown at them. Right. And he goes on to say here, for my part, I'm not damning the performers as if they are especially evil people. No, I see them as being just like the rest of us gifted, but fallen human beings in need of redemption. Mm. 
and they may be involved in many good and noble causes. What I am saying is this, the time for moral outrage was decades ago, not today. Today is the day for repentance and confession and self-examination. Today is the day to plead for mercy on our fallen and debased culture. And again, we need to recognize, yes, it's fallen and debased, right. um, but the time is, is not to be shocked. It's time to repent. And what does it say of a nation when a 50-year-old mother is celebrated for her pole dancing agility and a former governor and presidential candidate tweets, best Super Bowl halftime show ever? That was Jeb Bush, by the way. Right. I just looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> Florida. Rep- represent Florida. Come on. <laughs> Uh, what does it say? Making things even worse is that all this has taken place in a climate of increased awareness for the victims of accused sexual predators like Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein wow. and Jeffrey Epstein, men who allegedly exploited women Ooh. as sex objects. What does it say of our culture, our nation, of our morals? It says that we really urgently, desperately need awakening and revival. God have mercy. Well. This is what we've been coming to. We've been talking about this that probably all of December coming into this new year is is many people have been talking about this coming revival and awakening. And I heard Dr. Brown in in an uh, interview recently say this. I thought it was really good. He said revival happens in the church, but it's it happens so that an awakening happens in the broader society. Right. And uh, we've also said this before that the culture is a report card of the church. Right. And uh, right now it's not very good. That's why right. we're at where many people are contending for revival and we're noticing people are saying it's coming, something's coming. The church, we need that. We need a revival of truth. We need a revival of miracles. We need a revival of God's right. spirit. And we need that to splash out uh, for an awakening and a reformation in our society as a whole. And that's what that's what we're praying for, but the church has to wake up. We have to stop being deceived. This this was a cool thing. Um, you can look up to this in your own time. We won't talk about it much today because we're about to run out of time here. But there's a guy named Bob Jones apparently in Texas. Oddly enough, somebody was just telling him, telling us about him the morning of the Super Bowl, oh. and how he had prophesied some stuff, many things, but particularly some things about um, sports teams and winning championships and it connecting to God's revival and awake his end time revival end time awakening and um so i've just started the process of looking into some of his prophecies you can find them on youtube but there's this big thing he actually prophesied i think it was over 20 20 years ago and he told multiple people multiple times that when the kansas city chiefs he well let me start here i'll just say this real quickly he had prophesied about a, a great awakening that was going to happen in the fi- like this final revival in america and that across the world, a billion youth were going to come into wow. the kingdom mm. during this awakening. Or a billion people, but it was going to be lar- like a lot of youth. And oh. he prophesied over 20 years ago that when the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, that was going to be the um, inauguration of this, yeah. around the time of the inauguration wow. of this revival that was going to take place. And he and it had to do also, he said, why? He, there were other prophecies he gave where he said, he had a vision of a time capsule opening with the revival and he asked God, is it time? And he said, no, not yet. He said, because there aren't enough leaders and the prophecy he had about the chiefs was it it was symbolically going to represent that the leaders were now in place. And so God was going to begin the process of this revival. And so, you know, just interesting stuff. Like we're trying to, so we're trying to do our rigorous biblical worldview thinking, but we're also keeping our ear to the pavement with like, what are the people that, you know, had this interesting prophetic ministry in the church? What are they saying? You know, we're not just kind of imbibing it uncritically. We're, we're putting it to the test and we're saying, man, is this, is this God speaking? We're keeping our ears open, our eyes open. But it does seem like even outside of that, there is stirring right now in the church at large for revival and for awakening. A lot of people are praying into that, but also like simultaneously, God's judgment coming, um, and the, and it's like both of these streams side by side that God is exposing evil deeds and evil doers, tearing things down, but at the same time bringing revival and awakening to those who will have ears to hear and eyes to see. So again, if you've gotten this far with us today um, on this podcast, if you kind of agreed with our the assessment of these different writers of this article, or whether you disagree with it, I pray that you would. Continue to, with an open heart, pray, seek God, read the scripture, be willing to put your own cultural biases, your your ideology to the test, just like mm, we have to do. That's good. Yeah. And I pray that you would just seek God, man, and, and ask him. Uh, Brown also talked about in that same, and in one of his books, he talks about how bad things have gotten in 
right after the Revolutionary War, there were writers who were saying the church is on decline, it's falling apart, God sent an awakening. Wow. Uh, also, in like I think it was the 1850s, there was a prayer thing that broke out in New York. It was on after like you know a moral decay in society, and this you know this may be more intense decay that we're experiencing right now than even in the history of America in the, yeah. in a lot of ways, but I think it may make for an even more intense revival, and that's what we're praying for. Well, thanks for joining us. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and any comments you have. You can hit us up on social media at FreeMindFM on Twitter and Instagram and FreeMindPodcastFM on Facebook. You can also email us, podcast at FreeMind.FM, and we'd love to have you support the show on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash FreeMindFM, you can donate any amount there, and uh, whatever amount you give will get you access to bonus episodes and interviews and we just had a bonus episode where Seth and Nerva talked about uh, the big move that they're making out to California so I encourage you to check it out thanks for tuning in this week we'll see you next time <laughs>